Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Absolutely. And then today we start a brand new series called Complicated. Somebody say Complicated. Ah, oh, come on. You got to do a little bit better than that. Somebody say Complicated. We're starting a brand new series talking about relationships. And how many know relationships can be complicated? Some of you can't say amen too loud, but relationships can be complicated. But the good news is they don't have to stay that way. And uh, no matter if you're single, dating, or married, uh, we can all face complications. I think we've heard some stories of people that have gone through some complicated stuff. Uh, We've heard some single people that can't find somebody. They're struggling. They're like, I'm single. I'm trying to find. It can be complicated being single. All the single people, make some noise. Ah, you got a lot to work with, 1 p.m. Yeah, one more time. All the single people, wave. Wave Wave your hand, all the single people. Look around the room. There's some single slash thirsty slash desperate people at 1 p.m. And um, it can get complicated being single. We've uh, heard about people putting their profile up on Christian Mingle. There's nothing wrong with that. You got to work with what you got. And uh, I know sometimes it can be difficult finding someone. Dating can be difficult. We've heard some stories about that as well. Yeah, all I have to say about this is if you're inviting somebody else out for coffee or for dinner, if you're inviting, you should be paying. That should just be like the rule of thumbs, right? Like we don't split the bill if you're inviting me out. Yeah, just, we, you know. We've heard stories know. of uh, guys who've taken out girls for coffee. Nah, they don't want to call it a date. They don't want to commit. But they go for a coffee, and they make the girl pay for the coffee. Come on, gentlemen. We don't do that. All the men at Calvary, can I get a strong amen? walk away. He'll figure it out. Yeah, so all that can get complicated. Single, dating. And then how many know marriage can be complicated as well? I think people are afraid to say yes to that yeah. one. Not our marriage, but maybe your <laughs> marriage. Uh, marriage can be complicated, especially when you start involving in-laws. And the in-laws can get a little bit complicated. I have the best mother-in-law in the world. I love her. And she's, I, don't have, I got zero she's in-laws problems. She's here. I love she's her. I love her service. so much. I love her. <laughs> um, but uh, all those issues can, can get complicated. Let's talk about it. The next three weeks, we're talking about complications in relationships. What can we do? for our relationships to be less complicated. I don't think God wants us to have relationships, whether it's friends, mentorships, pastors, leaders, or romantic relationships, and them stay complicated. I want you to grab your Bibles. We're going to start week one. Everybody ready for the next three weeks? Oh, come on. Look at your neighbor and tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. (laughs) Week one. The next three weeks, I don't want you to miss a week. I want you to bring some friends, some family members. Maybe you're in here and you're like, ah, I know who I should have brought. I should have brought that boyfriend that's playing me. I'm just kidding. Genesis chapter two. Go to Gen- <laughs> Go to Genesis that's chapter right, two. That's right. Genesis chapter two. <laughs> Genesis chapter two, verse 15. This is what it says. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife. And the two become one flesh. Come on, one flesh. Anybody thankful for God's word? Come on, Genesis chapter 2. Week 1, as we start this complicated series, uh, today, what me and Diana are intent and what we're striving to do is to really lay the groundwork and bring a foundation to our relationships. And I think uh, all across every location, across every service, everybody watching across our online community. Come on, can we welcome every single person that's watching? All of us, we're going to start... All of us are going to start where we think that we should all start, page one, and we're going to talk about ourselves today. In fact, we've titled this message, write this down, we've titled this message, It Starts With Me. It starts with me. Look at three, four people around you and tell them, it starts with me. It starts with me. Look at somebody around you and tell them, it starts with me. And uh, we're going to talk about ourselves for the next few moments, then we're going to worship God And then we're going to have good times outside for Baptism Sunday. Let's pray. We'll get into today's message and then have an awesome Sunday. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for what you've already done throughout the day. Thank you for what you're currently doing and for what you will do. Thank you for an amazing day where people are taking this decision to get baptized and to take a next step in their journey with you. I pray that as we start week one of this series, you'll begin to heal hearts God, that you will begin to help us in the areas of our life that we didn't even know we had some issues with. God, I pray that today you'll heal, transform, save. God, have your way in all of our lives as we all learn together. It is in your name that we pray, Jesus. All of God's people say. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. All across this place. I think think relationships are great. And I think they are important. There are, they are vital. We all need all kinds of relationships in our life. But, but if we're not careful, many times we'll use relationships as cover-ups to hide some of the deeper issues in us. Yeah. I'll give you an example. We were talking about this as we were getting ready for this message. And, and the topic came up of my first car. Many of you have heard me talk about my first car before. We all remember that first car we got. Anybody still remember their first car they ever owned? Come on. I had a 1994 Isuzu Rodeo, right? Rodeo. And uh, that was my first car. I loved my first car, but it needed a lot of work. I'll never forget the year was probably about 2002 when I got my first car and it was a 1994 Suzu Rodeo and after a couple of months I said you know what I need to start fixing up this car a little bit so I went on eBay I went on eBay and I said what about if I buy some headlights some real cool headlights I bought these clear transparent headlights they were amazing Sounds they had nice. some 
Yeah, they had some amazing, beautiful LED. I mean, that, my car just looked sick. If you would have met me back then, you would have married me, married me sooner. I'm just saying. Like, like I looked in, I was rolling down Hialeah. Anybody know what it's about? Like, you see me rolling and cruising in my 94 Rodeo. But it had these really cool headlights. I loved it. After a couple more months, I said, I just don't need headlights. I need the taillights to match it. And so I went on eBay, and I got the taillights, and I got these same all-white-out uh, taillights with these super bright LEDs. I think they actually changed colors. It was amazing. And then on top of that, I didn't have money for real rims, but I got good hubcaps. Come on, anybody, anybody glad for hubcaps? Come on. And so I put these really nice hubcaps on my uh, rodeo. And I think... A lot of times what you would see is that the outside looked okay, but what you wouldn't be able to notice is that my car had a whole bunch of internal issues. Like you would get in my car, the outside looked great, but as soon as you would sit inside, you'll see the AC didn't function. There was days where it just didn't work at all. I mean, some that you were, I mean, just throw up a prayer. I don't know if it's going to work or not. The AC sometimes wouldn't work. All the window handles of my car stopped working. Some of them broke and fell off. Some of you are laughing too much, and it's my first car. Um, I was 18, struggling. And so instead of door handles, I had screwdrivers to put the window up and down. Come on, anybody ever been on Struggle Street with me? Come on. My car had a whole bunch of issues. On top of that, you've heard me talk about my radiator. I had a terrible radiator, and any little money I got, instead of working on internal issues, I just made sure I had taillights and headlights that looked amazing, but I didn't take care of my radiator, which means I carried around gallons of water for every single time my car overheated. Anybody experience that? Come on. And so many times you would see the outside look great, but I wasn't taking care of inside issues. I think sometimes we can have the same approach with relationships, right? We, we, we say, I, I just want the outside to look okay. You're single and you're like, I don't need nobody. I'm good all by myself. Or you're dating. You're like, yeah, we're good. You're married. And you, you just want to make sure that on the outside, everything looks good, but you still haven't started to figure out and to work some of those internal issues in your life. Many times, a lot of us, we're looking for happiness. We're looking for, for fulfillment. We're looking for joy. And many times we can think it's an outside job that's going to fix the inside of me. And so all of a sudden, if you're single, you're just like, if God just brings the right person, I will be so much better. I've been here single for a long time. God, where's my mog? Where's my wog? Who says that? I don't know. I learned that on a Friday night. Where's my woman of God? Where's my man of God? Right? Like, if if God just finally brings the right person, then I'm going to be all right. As if that person can heal things inside of you. Or like we've met people that just started dating. They've been dating and they're like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Now you should see him. He's so cute. Oh my God. Goes to the gym every day. Like every day. Works out every day. Every day. Every day. Like he eats broccoli and kale for breakfast and dinner. Like he's just chiseled. <laughs> right? Like I finally found the right person. So I'm going to be okay. You got to be careful that you're not putting that person on a pedestal to heal all the issues inside of you. You know how it is. Some of us that are married, all the married people, can you make some noise? Come on. Yeah, we are the happiest people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all the married people, you know, at first you get married and you go through this honeymoon stage and you're like, oh, life is great. But all of a sudden you come back from the honeymoon and you realize, wait, wait, we got issues. There's some complications. And after a couple of months... After a couple of years, you find out this person really can't help some of my internal 
circumstances, issues, and fixings in me. I think here's the big problem. The big problem is that we're looking for answers outside to address issues on the inside. We're constantly looking, trying to see what on the outside can fix the problems on the inside. I really feel that's a problem for a lot of us. And what we need to understand is that if we want uh, anything to work on the outside first, we need to make sure that we're okay on the inside. Right? And sometimes we don't even think about that. And and all of us here, we have issues, right? We have things in our lives that we have to deal with, that we have to work out, that we have to work through. And we were just talking about this a few weeks ago. And we were saying all of us, independent of who we are, where we're coming from, whatever it is, we have certain situations that we have experienced in life. And perhaps some of us are carrying around some pain some rejection, some situations, some issues, some bitterness, some unforgiveness in our hearts and in our lives. And we can easily become used to them, right? When this is the way you've lived your whole life, it becomes second nature to you and you stop even realizing that they're there until you find yourself in a relationship and you realize that you've brought in all these things along with you. And so what we need to understand and just break this mentality that tells us that, hey, if I find the right person, all of my issues are going to go away. If I find the right person, all of a sudden this pain and this unforgiveness and this anger that's inside of me is just going to disappear, right? That if I find the right person, all of a sudden they're going to come into my life and make my life perfect. This is a lie. Sometimes we think that, hey, I'm just waiting for the right person to make me happy. If I'll be happy if I find the right person, but we fail to realize that happiness is found within ourselves, right? Nobody can make us happy. Nobody can do the job that we can do for ourselves, right? Happiness is found within ourselves. And so we need to work on being the right person for ourselves before we can be the right person for somebody else. We need to work on being the right person for ourselves before we start looking for the right person in somebody else. And, and we need to know this, that relationships They add to my life, but they don't complete my life, right? They add to my life, but they don't complete me. God will send people to your life, people that will become your significant other, your spouse. They will cheer you on. They will help you, but they will not complete you because there's only one person that can complete you, and that is Jesus. There's only one person that can give you everything that you're longing for, and that is your Savior. So we shouldn't be waiting around for somebody to come around and save us and make our lives better. We should start with ourselves. That's right. We need to start with ourselves. It starts with me. I'm a complete person apart from the relationship I'm in. I think this goes back to creation. This goes back to scripture. We started reading in Genesis. And if all of us go back to Genesis, we see how God was an incredible designer, architect, and designer And God, he made a beautiful creation, right? He made the universe. He made the earth. He made it all. And it was absolutely amazing. When we read Genesis, what we come to find out is before Eve ever came around, Adam was already a person. And Adam was a good person that God made. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that everything that God made was good. It was all good. How many know he's a good designer? Come on, how many know he's a good creator? Come on, he made you and he made me. Come on, somebody. Anybody glad that we have a good God? It was good. Everything that God made was good. It was good. He made the fishies and the birds and all that. It was good. It was good. It was good. He made mankind. Read chapter 1. It says he made mankind and everything was good. He didn't make 
a half Adam and then said, I need to bring a half Eve right. so that they could become one. Yeah. He made a whole Adam. Like Adam was not defective when God made him. Some of you, you're single and you think that something's wrong with you because you're single. Uh, like you're missing something. Can I tell you, you're not defective. You are made complete and whole in him. It doesn't matter who you have in your life. Oh, come on. What God made is good. You need to know I'm good all by myself. I'm complete by myself. Yeah. Now you get to chapter two and after all the goods, then we see the first not good. And the not good was that Adam was alone. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. So Adam was single and that was okay. But the problem was that he was alone. In fact, I'll put it this way. It's okay to be single. It's not okay to be alone. There's a big difference between the two. To be single means to be whole and complete. To be alone means to be without anybody around you to help you with anybody for accountability. And so there's some single people maybe in here today that you're like, that's right. I don't need nobody. I don't need no spouse. I don't need nobody. I'm good all by myself. You may be right. You probably don't need a spouse, but you still need friends. You still need leaders. You still need pastors. We all need relationships in our life. It's okay to be single. It's not okay to be alone. So God does not want you alone. Don't. Don't bring down singleness just because you're in this single uh, season of being by yourself. You may be single, but you're not alone. And so God made a whole complete human being. You are complete in him. And a lot of people, because they're single, they say, well, I'm I'm defective. I'm wrong. And they actually put down what God created. Yeah, we need to be reminded that we are complete all by ourselves. You are complete as a human being, as a person, you are complete. And what some of us need to understand is that, hey, you can be single and satisfied and complete. You can be dating, you can be married, but you can still be satisfied and complete as a person, as an individual, right? right? We don't need another person to do that for us. I love that the word of God says that uh, two people will become one, right? Adam and Eve will come and now become one. He never said half of Adam and half of Eve will now come together and be one. He says, no, a, a complete person, Adam, who is whole and complete, will come together with Eve. And then both of you now will come together as a stronger union, as a bigger union, right, as a team. But it's not because they, they were half. It's, they were together. They were complete. And now God's simply using them for partnership to do some incredible things together. So... It's not about someone completing us. God has already done that for us. But I feel like we've heard these words and they've become so romantic for so many people, right? We've seen it in movies and in songs and whatever, um, where they look at you and they just tell you, you complete me, right? And so many of us can look at these things and think, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait till someone looks at me in the eye and just tells me, you complete me. Or I can't so wait. So beautiful. I, I can't it. wait to do that to Tear someone. Jerker. <laughs> I can't wait to look at someone in the eye and tell them, you, finally, I found you. You, you complete me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds romantic. It sounds nice. But the reality is that no one can do that for you. So I'm sorry if I'm bursting your bubble here today. But nobody can complete you because the only one that can do that is, again, the one that created you. The one that created you is the only one that can fulfill every area of your life. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, it says, By his divine power, God has given us 
everything we need for living a godly life. But his divine power, you have everything that you need. And at times it may seem like, like it really isn't there. God, really, have you really given me everything that I need? I don't, I don't realize. I don't understand it. But if you stick close to God, you realize that by his power, he already has given you everything that you need to be complete and to be whole. So the problem some of us have is that we make singleness our problem and, and marriage our, our, our issue, our, 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 the problem solver, right? And so we think that being single means that there's something wrong with us. So many times we think that being single means that there's something wrong with me. We quit singleness with, I don't know, like, single, like being single is a disease or something, right? And that's not true. It is not true as much as being married does not solve your issues. That's also not true. Being single doesn't mean being lonely. I love what Alex was saying. You can be single, but you can be surrounded by incredible people around you. Being single is not the problem because how many of you know that you can be dating and you can be married and still be lonely? So your status isn't the issue here. The problem is not being single. The problem is the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the things that we still carry with us. Right, the things that we're bringing into our relationships, the things that are still remaining unsolved in our hearts. And so before we can figure out the complications of relationships, we first need to figure out the complications within ourselves. God is saying you first need to look within yourself and figure out what's going on on the inside of you before anything else on the outside can work out. Yeah, I think that so so true. There could be so much conflict and complications in relationships, but before we start addressing us, I first have to look inside of me. You know, today, week one, as we start this series across all of our locations, all of us together with our online family, what do we do, right? We, we start looking at ourselves. Where can we start? Me and Dana, we came up with three handles we want to give you today. And maybe you can write them down. It's something to help us Monday through Saturday. Okay, what do I do? I've had complicated issues in all of my relationships. I'm complicated right now in my marriage. What do I do? Because before I start pointing that out, I got to look inside of me. So we came up with three handles, and I think the first one can really help a lot of us. Number one, write this down. I think the first thing all of us have to do is that you first need to check your baggage. Somebody say, check your baggage. I think a lot of us, we've gone to the airport, and we know how travel is. Last week, me and Diana, we, we went to Washington, D.C., and if you haven't um, heard, Diana got invited to the White House for the Human Trafficking Summit, and yeah, it was absolutely amazing. She leads our Embrace organization that we have here in our church. We have an organization called Embrace where we fight human trafficking. It's a real evil, and it's happening in our city, in our nation, in our world, and we think the church should be the first in line to stop it. And so Diana leads that organization, and she got invited to the White House to this big uh, bill passing that was going to uh, come by and help human trafficking. So we're praying that this year uh, we would put more of a stop to it and that God would open bigger doors. And so, so anyways, we were headed to the airport. And you know how it is. When you first get to the airport, you bring your bags. And one of the first things that they do is that they check your bags. Right? You can bring in all these bags and you're getting ready to get on this flight. And all of a sudden at the counter, they'll tell you, okay, put your bag on the scale. Has it ever happened to you that you put your bag on the scale and all of a sudden they say, hey, your bag is overweight. Has it happened to anybody? Come on. Yeah. Have you, this happened to everybody. You had to take the bag off, open it right there in the middle of the airport on the floor and start taking things out so that it meets 
the way ex- limit. Come on, everybody, has that ever happened to anybody? Come on, you've seen people all over the airport, right? You get, they're going in there, you're like, oh, babe, you're a blow dryer. Oh, babe, you're flat iron. I don't know how many irons she got in there, but uh, your, your clothing iron. Baby, ah, uh, your makeup. Usually it's the women that load up the bags more than the men. Can I get an amen? It's complicated. Are the shoes. The guys bring all the shoes. <laughs> I only take one pair of shoes. I'm not you- a shoe guy. Mm-hmm. But um, all of a sudden at the airport, you're there taking stuff out. Or, or they'll check your bags and they'll say, hey, this, this big bottle of gel or hairspray is not allowed. It's really only a tiny little size. And they'll start checking all your bags. And you need to check your bags before you get into this flight. How many of us, before we ever get into a serious relationship or a marriage, we first check our bags and say, wait, am I bringing something into this relationship that I shouldn't be carrying? Maybe there's some stuff from my past. Maybe there's some stuff from my childhood. Maybe there's some stuff from past relationships that now I'm bringing into this. And I'm here trying to figure us out when the problem is really the baggage that I brought into this relationship. So before I start blaming you, I first have to look inside of me. Come on, somebody say, check your baggage. baggage. What are some things? Maybe maybe in your past, somebody cheated on you, lied to you, abused you. You've gone through some serious trauma, abuse, hurt, pain, and now you're in a relationship and you're blaming the other person for scars that happened inside of you. And now you're jealous. Now you are full of resentment and rejection and you keep taking it out on the person that you're with. When really that was some baggage that you brought from past years of your life. And here you are now in this relationship and you have all this pain, all this hurt. And what we've come to find out is that hurt people end up hurting people. And so there's complications because I never checked my baggage. I never sorted this out and I never got this fixed with my creator, with my God. And now here I am blaming you. You don't do this right. You don't love me. Here you are jealous, full of pain. And here's what we need to stop doing. We need to stop bleeding on people that never cut us in the first place. Maybe the person that we're with right now that we're dating, the person that we got married to, they weren't the ones who caused these issues. But because we didn't check our baggage, we now enter this relationship ready to get lash out, get angry, and blame them for all of our pain and all of our hurt. Can I tell you, there's only one, like Diana said, that can really heal us. There's only one that can look through our baggage and say, hey, I'm going to take this out. Hey, I'm going to heal this area of your heart. Hey, I'm going to heal this part of your soul. Come on, it's the King of Kings. It's the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. You got baggage. I got baggage. But we got somebody that can heal us and save us. I love what the psalmist says, Psalm 139. He says, search me, God. You know my heart. Test me. And you know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Tell him, God, I need you to, to look through my heart. I need you to look through my soul. What are some things before I get into a relationship or, or maybe I'm already in this relationship. I'm already married. God, maybe I've been blaming the other person, but it's really me. I want to talk to all my single people real quick. All my single people, make some noise. Come on. Don't be in a rush to get into a relationship. Don't be in a rush. Like, God, <laughs> I like, don't. Can I tell you this? Maximize your singleness. In fact, Paul calls singleness a gift. Take this time out 
to, for you to sit with God and say, God, what are some areas of my heart, of my soul that I need to get right before I commit to marriage, before I commit to this long-term relationship? Me and you, God, I want you to look through my heart, through my soul. Let's work this out. Maximize the time that you're single. Don't be in a hurry to get in a relationship. You're going to have a long time for that. But right now, work on you. Because it's okay to be single for a season, but rather be whole for a lifetime. I want to be complete, and I want to be whole forever. Be okay with being single. There's nothing wrong with that. Take yourself out on a date. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Don't let people, all these families and friends, when you going to get married, when you have a girlfriend, when you have a boyfriend, don't worry about you, boo-boo. I'm worried about me. God is working on my baggage. God is working on my heart. I'm taking myself out on a date. I'm calling the restaurant on a Friday. Can I get a table for one? Me, myself, and I, and the Holy Spirit, he's working on me. Come on, somebody maximize your single and say, God, work in my heart. If you're married already, you're already on the ship. <laughs> But maybe you need to go through a journey of self-discovery. You went from relationship to relationship, and now you're married. You never found out who you were alone. There's nothing wrong with sitting down with your spouse and saying, hey, let's find out who we are. We just got together, and I've been so dependent on you to define me. But let's go through this journey where maybe together we can find out who we are. What are some issues that you see in me? I'm going to take that to God. Let's help out one another. You look beautiful. Let's help out one another. <laughs> because you, you matter. And one of the things we need to stop doing is letting other people value us or setting our value. Check your baggage, and I think that's important. Yeah, once we're able to check our baggage and find out what's going on on the inside of us, then we need to remind ourselves um, of our worth. You need to know your worth. Because we, before we can ever have a healthy relationship with someone else, we first need to have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And I think many times we forget that we are in a relationship with ourselves. You need to take care of yourself. Before you can love anyone well, you need to learn how to love yourself well. But so many of us don't even know what that looks like. And what we need to understand is that in order for us to know love, all we need to do is look at the one that created us, right? We were created by love. God is love and he created you with purpose and on purpose. We need to be reminded that way before anybody had a chance to love us or not love us or to define our worth, to define expectations over our lives, that we had a God in heaven that chose us and he called us by name. Before anybody ever knew your name, he knew you. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And I love this because once we understand this, we'll begin to put aside this desire for everyone else to love us because we would already know that we are loved. And we need to know the truth of God's love for us because if not, we can never give something we ourselves don't have. And we've heard these words before, God loves you, God loves you, there's value in your life, but I wonder how many of us have truly believed them. I wonder if so many of us have heard these words and wish we could actually make them part of our lives, but we haven't been able to. Or I wonder if perhaps at some point you believed it, but life happened and now you're in a place where you just are doubting even what God and who he is in your life. And I love that we get to understand this because depending on what we know about how God loves us, it's how much we're going to be able to love ourselves and love ourselves well. And I love this verse that is found in um, Psalm 139. 
It says, you formed me in my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. God, he plays value in your life. He wants you to know who you are. Because the moment you know who you are, the moment you learn to love yourself well, then you're going to be able to allow somebody else to love you well, right? If we haven't received that love ourselves, then we're never going to be able to receive the kind of love that God wants us to receive. And he wants us to know how much he cares for us, for us to understand that the longing in our heart, that the longing in our soul can only be filled by God. That as much as we think somebody else can come and make us better and complete us, that the only person that can heal the wounds of the past is Jesus, that the only person that can build fulfillment and satisfaction to your life is Jesus, that the only one that can define who you are, where you're going is Jesus, that the only one that can remove bitterness and unforgiveness from your heart is Jesus. It's not a person, but it's him. He wants you to know that you're valuable because of who you are. You are created in his image. You were not created by chance. You're not just something that came out of nothing. You were created in the image of God. He wants you to know you're valuable because of what you cost. Jesus paid with his blood for you and for me. He laid down his life so that we could have life. We're not just nothing. We're not just anybody. The Savior came down to earth and laid down his life hung on a cross because that's how much he values you and I. So when somebody comes around thinking about giving me less than, I'm going to remember the God in heaven who died for me. You're valuable because of who you can become. You're valuable because, like the word says, he, he knew the days of your life before you even knew them, before anybody else did. And he knows there's a plan and a purpose for your life. So I think that it's time that we begin to value what he values and cherish what he cherishes and so it should start with us how we love us will determine how we can love other people and how they can love us because some of us we can find ourselves in some unhealthy relationships because we just think that we don't deserve more than that we let things go by because we think well i really can't do better than this but god's here telling you i love you you are worthy you are valued and you deserve the kind of love that comes from somebody else who understands who they are in jesus Know your worth. Reminds me of the words of Jesus. Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you first don't love yourself, then it's going to be really hard to love your neighbor. Relationships can be complicated. What do we do so they don't stay that way? It starts with us. I'm going to check my baggage. I'm going to know my worth. And finally, we'll close it out with this last handle. Get to work. Get to work. Somebody say, get to work. work. Because I think a lot of times we can hear information 
And information is great. I'm glad we get information. A lot of us, we come on Sundays and we get a lot of information. But, but what are we doing with the information that we receive? Right? Here's what we come to find out. That information without application will never bring about transformation. If I just get a bunch of information, I got all this knowledge, but I do nothing with it, then I'm never going to see change or growth in my life. Can I tell you, God wants you to grow as a human being. God wants you to grow as a son and daughter of God. God wants you to grow as a husband. God wants you to grow as a wife. Come on, there should be some growth in our life. But it's by grabbing that information and saying, okay, now how do I work this out? How do I apply this to my life? How do I begin to change? And I think if we don't work it out, if we don't go back and say, God, what is it that you're trying to do in me? Then we'll be doing the person that we end up with or the person we're already with a disservice. You're made as a whole. You're made as one complete human being. But because you haven't worked out those issues in your life, maybe all you're bringing into this marriage, into this relationship is only half of you. Because the broken you is still crying. The broken you is still hurt. You're still in pain. And unless I get to work, I will only be able to bring a broken me into this place. What God wants to do is to surround you. What God wants to do is to help you. What God wants you to do is to stretch you and to grow you. And it only comes by doing what the Word of God says. Look what James says, James chapter 1, verse 22 through 24. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, he says. Somebody say, do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. James says, Anybody who does, who's not a doer of the word, it's like looking in a mirror, you see yourself, then you walk away and you forget what you look like immediately because you didn't do what the word showed you. Some of us this week, come on, let's get practical. This week, some of us, we need to sit down and become doers of the word of God. Can I get an amen? It starts with me. Maybe the first thing that you need to do is a self-inventory and say, God, okay, what are, what are some issues in me? The first thing that you need to do is assume responsibility. Maybe I've been bringing some issues. I've been blaming them, but it's really me. Maybe I've been waiting for somebody. I'm single. Here I am waiting. But really, I first need to assume responsibility for my own life and say, what are some things God has been trying to deal with me first? Second, I think you need to sit down with God. Grab your Bible and sit down with God and say, God, what do you want to do about these issues in my heart? What do you want to do about these issues in my soul? God, I know you're a healer. God, I know you can save. Let's sit down together and God begin to heal me. God begin to work on my soul. Assume responsibility. Take some time to be with God as he begins to heal you and work in you. Third, I think you need to be surrounded by a community of people who want to help you. If you're single, get around some people that care for you and love you. So the day of tomorrow, if somebody comes into your life, they can guide you because they care for you. If you're dating, make sure you got some mentors in your life that are giving you both advice on what's the right steps in your life. If you're married, come on, get in a marriage connect group and get around some godly people that can help your marriage out. Come on, we need to be surrounded. Otherwise, we'll look in the mirror, we'll see our issues, walk away, and forget what we look like. A couple of months ago, I was getting ready to teach on a Tuesday morning. We have um, employees here that work at church Tuesday through Friday and work here all week. And on Tuesday mornings, usually we gather for a little bit of worship and a small teaching and then we all get to work 
and this Tuesday was my turn to teach. I was going to teach our staff, our team, and um, got up there ready to teach. Now, me and Diana, we have this thing that if, if there's anything in our face or our teeth or no, how many know you can, you can eat something and then there's something left on your teeth? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's never happened to nobody. You're going to leave me here by myself. It's never happened to nobody. We have like little codes that we use like to tell each other like, hey, check, check yourself. Like, you know, and um, like, cause you don't want to hear somebody saying like, hey, you have a booger. Like, no, nobody wants to do that. I just have so, so like one word that we use is this word called soldier, right? Like she says, you have a soldier. I know my nose is dirty. I got to clean it. Nobody knows. Well, I mean, now everybody knows, but, but nobody knows. So I'm getting ready to teach our team, our staff, and I get up there on a Tuesday morning, and she's like, babe, babe, soldier, soldier. And I'm like, I got you, got you. So I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Glad you're here. We're going to get to work. And I'm there. And I thought I'm done. And so I start, like, talking and keep looking at the she's in the front row, she's like, and I'm like, my God. So I just keep on like, <laughs> I'm, doing all, I'm doing all I can, I don't know. I think I'm good and I keep talking and I just see that she continues. She's like, soldier, soldier. So, my God. I was about to get really spiritual. Like, come on, I think we all need to close our eyes and let's just pray for the next 30 minutes. Right? Like, I'm just like, what do I do? Like, I had no mirror, I had no tissue, I had nothing. And I'm just like, I'm going to get through this quick. Let's get to work. I need to go. <laughs> or I'm like, what do I do? Can I tell you, for the next about 20 minutes that I was teaching, I had no peace. I was he teaching. I'm here like trying to encourage the staff. Let's go. It's going to be a great work week. But the entire, I think I spoke for 20 minutes looking down. Like, come on. It's going to be amazing. God's with us. Let's go. In Jesus' name. The entire time. I was uncomfortable. I had conflict because I know I had some soldiers. <laughs> Can I tell you, there's a lot of us today that we got soldiers in our hearts, in our souls. We got these issues. And if we don't handle them, if we don't look in a mirror and say, God, get this right, you're going to live with conflict. You're going to live uncomfortable. All your relationships are going to have issues. Because first, it starts with you. You need to say, God, come on, let's get to work. God, begin to heal. I know I got wounds in the past. I know I'm in pain. But God, I believe that you're a healer. God, I believe that you want to make me whole. God, I believe that you want to make me new. Come on, anybody grateful that we serve a good God and he wants to come into our soul and make us new again come on that's the God that we have he's a good God want you to stand up to your feet all across this plate across this plate across this plate across this plate